And uh, we uh, just hopefully you'll experience what we've experienced uh, since we've been here. And that's this. When you walk through the doors to come in here, you're not finding a group of perfect people. You're finding a group of people that I believe love you. And the truth is, as uh, Scripture says, love covereth the multitude of sin. So uh, if we fail you, hopefully the fact that we love you and uh, we're here for you will make the difference. But I want to, if you take your songbook, go so closely to what I was going to preach about this morning. I want you to go back to, to page 145. It is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. You may not have been in church very long, but if you have, you may have heard a little bit of this story, but I want to tell you a little bit of the story. Before I do, I want to read just the first verse that we sang just a moment ago. It says, When peace like a river attendeth my way. Now that's, that's pretty strong peace, when it just keeps flowing in. Like a river, not even a stream, it's like a river. It's just the peace that just keeps coming. And I don't know if you're like I am, but there's sometimes you just, you just need peace. Sometimes I'll walk and pray and say, Lord, you promised me peace and I need it right now. But he says, when sorrows like sea bills roll. So he said, there's times when peace just flows, but then there's times sorrows like the sea just comes rolling over and over on top of us. Whatever my lot he said, whether the peace is flowing or whether the sorrow is overwhelming me. He said, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. You know, many have probably heard parts of the story, but H.G. Spafford, one of the writers of this song, he and his wife had lost a son their son had died prematurely and then there was a crash of the economy and, and all the real estate business that he was in, pretty much they had almost lost everything. So they lost a son and now they've lost their, their finances. He put his wife and his, I believe, four daughters on a ship to go to England for a vacation, for a rest, to recover from the trauma, the trial of of losing a son and then losing so much of all that they possessed. On the way over, that ship sank and he lost four of his daughter, his four daughters. So he'd lost a son. He'd lost everything he possessed. It's much like a Job story. And now on the way over, the ship sinks and he knows, according to the information, that it's it's down and he finally gets a little telegram from his wife that says saved alone. And he finds out that she is the only one alive that he's lost his four daughters. And he sits down and he writes this song. It is well with my soul. How do you do that? How do you lose all your children and sit down and write it is well with my soul. Well, I'm going to maybe a little bit try to preach that this morning, try to help you with that uh, and give you a little bit of the testimony of how I believe God has taken us through a few things and some adversities. But 
If you go to Matthew chapter 6, we were just looking at Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 33. We won't read all the way through it. We just read it just a moment ago, but it, after it goes through several points, and we're going to talk about some of these points, it gets down to that last verse that we're going to read, but he says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And look what it says, and all these things shall be added unto you. Let me just put it this way. Everything you need, he said, I'll take care of. And I know the picture in here in this passage is about worldly things as far as, you know, the food that we need, the nourishment that we need, the clothing we need. But I'm going to just tell you, when God says he'll take care of your need, he will take care of your emotional need also. He'll take care of your spiritual need, take care of every need that you have. Now, it, like it is throughout the, the scripture, God makes many, many promises to us. And, and folks, let me help you. Ground level, if you want to have the peace, to go through adversity and go through adversity with peace, uh, the like H.G. Spafford did and, and like maybe you see some others did or even we were talking a little bit about earlier about uh, I think in Sunday school class about the difference in where you go to funerals where someone is lost and, and the family has no hope or you go to a funeral of someone who's saved. Uh, there's sorrow in both, but, but there's one, there's, there is hope in the sorrow. So what makes the difference though? It's ground level, it's the Word of God. You see, because the Word of God is true, and the problem is, is that even we as Christians, we often, we really don't flee to the Word of God for our answers. We say, and I, I joked about it this morning in the Sunday school class, but, but uh, you know, we'll say we believe it, we believe every word of it, we believe it's the Word of God, but how much do we read it? How much do we study it? How much do we accept what it says? Because it has some, I mean, it has principles that will change our life. People will come to us and come, you know, from our, our background, my wife and I, and from where we came from and, and, uh, and, and the, the life we lived back in a state college and, and all of that. And they'll, and they'll say, you know, you know, from even some of the people we went to school with back at Memphis State, and, and they'll say, how this happened to you? I mean, you got six daughters and, and they serve God and they love you and you love them and, and you love each other. How this happened? Let me just tell you, it's just from this simplistic agreement with the Word of God. It's not just saying, oh, yeah, I think it's true. It's no, it's a God, if you speak to me, I want to do it. The message I'm preaching this morning came from just walking and praying, and I could not get away from the verse, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And, and, and look, I've never preached this message before. I've never, just the Lord said, this is what I want you to do. And you know, let me help you. Just do it. Whatever God says, do it. Now, I'll have a word of prayer and I'll get started. Father, I pray that you bless. Holy Spirit, I yield myself to thee and I ask you, please, give me clarity of mind and strength of body. Lord, I want to be a blessing. I want to be an encouragement. God, you've been so good to us. You've blessed us in such a wonderful way. And Lord, we're imperfect people. But God, your word is true. Your promises are true. And I ask you, please, guide us this, this morning, these few minutes that we have. 
I submit myself to the Spirit of God in Jesus' name. Amen. It seems everyone wants something different, but everyone, it seems, also wants the same thing. They want to possess. We want. You know, everybody may want something different, but the one thing that everybody has in common is we all want. You know, if we went through and took a survey, if we were honest, everybody in here wants something right now. We want. We desire. Everyone wants, I say everyone, but this, this world we live in and the, the environment we live in, the culture we live in, we want substance. We want financial blessing. Listen, we want the good life. You know, we say, well, I don't have to be a millionaire, but I just want to be able to buy whatever I want. That's what we want. I just, you know, I mean, I don't need everything. I just need everything I want. You know what I mean? It just, that's really, if we be honest about it, there's things we want. I've been wanting a truck for 37 years. But it just, we don't... We don't always get what we want, but that don't stop our wanter. Now, I know you say, well, there's a few people in the world who just don't want anything. And I'll be honest with you, there's some monks out there. And I tell you, the truth is, they want to. They want to be alone. There's some people that want to live on the streets. Now, it sounds crazy, but there are people that are homeless that want to be homeless. I've talked to them. I've offered to take them to get them someplace, get them a place to stay, get them a shower, get them cleaned up, get them food, and they will reject me. I mean, 20 below zero living in a, in a refrigerator box, and they'll still say, no, I don't want to. I'm not going there. Somewhere along the line, I believe, they didn't start that way, though. Somewhere along the line, they began to believe that to live without is better than living with disappointment. Now, verse 24 says this. It says, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he'll hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You can't, you can't live for God and live for the world. You can't serve God and say, but my focus is on the things of the world, the desires of the world. God says those two just, they don't go together. It's like Romans eleven six. If it's of grace, it's no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. They just don't mix. Now, let's look at the passages, break it down a little bit. The scripture says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon uh, earth where moth and steel, uh, where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves uh, do not break through nor steal. So God's saying, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon this earth. Now, what God's saying is, he really is, he's saying plan for your future. You hear that all the time, plan for your future. Now the Lord is saying, he's just talking about your eternal future. He says, plan for your eternal future, not present pleasures of this world. This, but I want you to understand this, but this does not negate planning for your earthly future. Watch this now. It simply means that in proper planning for your earthly future, you have your eyes ultimately on your eternal goal. 
Look, everything we plan for our future uh, here on this earth, and we should plan. I think you ought to have something, uh, some plan uh, ahead for your life. But I believe that all of that ought to be done in the scope of how will this bring me closer to God? How will this help the cause of Christ? People struggle so much because their plan is all on what can I have, can I have, can I have? Folks, let me ask you, have you ever, you don't have to raise your hand because I know it's true, so I don't even have to ask if you did it or not, but somewhere along the way, somebody in here, there was a car or a truck or a house you wanted really, 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 really bad. And you went against everything inside of you that was saying, don't do it, right? When I first got married, uh, I was making $749 a month at Germantown Police Department. Uh, do you understand? $749 a month to risk your life. That is retarded. <laughs> but I'm married now, and you know, you're married, and, and uh, there's two things. I was expecting to eat steak every night until my wife reminded me that I had to pay for it. But I went and I said, you know, I'm married now. I'll go buy me a truck because I want a truck. And I went and bought one. And the, and the note was, I think, $104 a month. Do you know, we could not. I mean, it killed me trying to pay that note every month. Killed me trying to pay it. And the first two months, three months I had that truck, I had to take it back to the dealership about six times. Anybody here remember the old little thing in the, in the newspaper called Action, Please? In the commercial? Am I? How old am I? Y'all remember? Yeah, the only people saying, yeah, the people. Everybody else is like, what you talking about, man? It was a thing where you could write in if you had some kind of difficulty or plan and couldn't get it resolved. And so you could write Action, Please. They put it in commercial appeal. Well, then whatever company it was, they would call you now. I mean, they want to talk to you and let's work this deal out. Well, I finally wrote Action, Please, about my, my truck because I couldn't get the dealership to, to help me. You know, folks, we only kept that truck about six months, and I sold it to my uncle. Actually, he took up the note, and I took his 19... 65 pickup Chevy pickup truck, well, it sort of was. It had, the front was a Chevy. The back of it was something else. <laughs> and man, it, it was a rough old truck, but I was so much more at peace then because I wasn't having to pay that $104 note. Scripture then says, it says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So number two, God says, place your heart on God and not on present possessions. What are we thinking about every day? What's consuming in our minds? What, what really is the desire of our heart? You know, we... So much of what we desire when we finally get it, it's not what we thought it would be. So many people lose houses because they wanted it so bad, but then when they finally got it, they couldn't afford it. Got that car and it got scratched within a week, and they're so disappointed. I finally, the first car that I, I ever really, even I think, took out a loan for, and that, and that was only about 15 years ago, 
uh, I bought a, a, a Volkswagen diesel because I was going to, you know, man, I was going to beat this gas thing going on. You know, I don't remember how many years when the gas went up, but I, I bought this Volkswagen diesel. And, and uh, right after I bought it, then diesel went up. And, uh, and that was just, oh, this is just absolutely miserable. And I had this thing. It's the nicest car I've ever had. It had leather seats. Now, I didn't buy it new. It had 225,000 miles on it when I bought it. But, you know, diesel's supposed to run a long time. And so I bought it, and it's in my driveway, and my daughter is driving. That's a problem already. She goes and gets into our other car with the Volkswagen sitting right behind it, throws it in gear, and runs right into it. You know what? Everything that I wanted, that really nice car, it's gone. It's just vanished. God says when, you, when your focus, though, is on that, when that makes your peace and your happiness, the moment she backed into it, it's done. But if your focus is on God, then that doesn't steal your peace. Number three, it says, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the, the light that is, that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? And God just saying, you know, if you're, if you're pure, what you're allowing in, when your thoughts and your actions, which you're really careful about what we allow in. You know, folks, a lot of our thoughts and processes go in our mind and desires. It, it, it's created by what we watch. It's created by what what we listen to is created by uh, all the things that we dwell on and we look at it and we just got to have it. Can I tell you, you can, when, when you get close to Christmas, if your children have a list of about 700 things, they're watching too much TV. Okay. If they come to Christmas and you say, what do you want? And they look at you like, I don't know. Then we're doing pretty good now. Now, the fact is, is that, that what you allow in affects what you think. What you allow in affects your heart. And God says you've got to be careful what you allow in because when evil's coming in, that eye, when evil's coming inside of you, everything inside of you is getting dark. Now, number four, it says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Here's my fourth point is pursue the will of God and his purity and holiness and righteousness. So first, if we do this, we need to plan for our future. Secondly, place your heart on God and, and not present possessions. Number three, put your eyes on the light of righteousness and not on the darkness of the desires of this world. Number four, pursue the will of God, his purity and holiness and righteousness. And watch this, he makes a promise. If you'll pursue God, all these things shall be added unto you. You don't even have to worry about it. It's coming. It's going to be taken care of. Listen, it's just, the world seeks financial prosperity and security. The world seeks possessions and social acceptance. Those who seek the pleasure and prosperity of the world never find the security they seek. You're always continuing to seek. No matter how much you have, you want more. And it's almost no matter what you possess, if you had that, it would be better. 
Now, you know, if I could just get that, I got a buddy of mine and, and uh, we'll be talking, we go hunting, we used to, we'd go hunting sometimes together, we'd do some things, we'd go uh, riding around together, talk together, and we see something, you see a beautiful truck, see a beautiful car, or, you know, maybe some new gun, we go into a gun shop, and, and, uh, and I say, man, love to have that, and he said, oh yeah, have that, now we'd be happy. No, you can have that and you're still not happy. You can get something else, you're still not happy. You can get the nicest house, every house you dreamed of, and you're still not happy. There's going to be something more you want. It's always, listen, look at the millionaires. You know who the most generous people are? The people, common people. People of God, people with a heart for God. That's why you're, you're supporting all these missionaries out there is because, you know what, you say our focus is on God. So we know if we give to God, if we have our heart on God, God's going to take care of us. He'll take care of us better we can. But the, the rich folks don't do that. Now, forgive me if you're rich. I like you. Okay. Matter of fact, I, I really like you. But... But the fact is, is that, you know, the, the Donald Trumps of the world, I don't care what he's got, it's not going to be enough. He's always after more. But he's not abnormal. They all are. Everybody's after more and more. Those who seek the pleasure and prosperity of the world will never find the security they seek. Every investment can vanish in a moment. I know as a friend of my, my dad's, if I understand the story right, she was invested. I forget that big corporation that, that went under, but she worked for that company and had a million dollars, I think, somehow uh, in there. And when it went under, she lost all of her money. You're like, what was the name of that? I forget now. But a big company. Now, I never had that kind of money to lose, but I've got friends that invested in a company. One man worked with me in the, in the ministry for years, and he, he, he had saved up and, and been wise with the money and done a lot of good things, and he had $80,000 for his re retirement because we really didn't have, you know, you really don't have retirement in the, the type of work that we do, and, and, uh, and so he had $80,000 invested in this bit, and it went under. Lost every dime of it. I had a man walk up to me one day and he said, you know, you need to have some kind of investment. And I said, I do. It's called daughters. <laughs> I said, I've invested a lot in them. Matter of fact, I could buy a farm for what I've spent on weddings. <laughs> and he said, no, you need to, you need to have something invest. I said, buddy, I said, they don't, they don't take a dollar and a half as an investment. And so he, he said, no, he said, I'm going to give you $10,000. And you get, you're going you're to invest it. So we called a guy, came in, and he sat down in my office, and I said, I got $10,000. I said, look, I'm supposed to invest it. Now, I don't want something shaky. I want something stable. I mean, I don't want, I mean, a little bit more than what the, 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 the uh, savings account will do because they don't bring anything, anything so, but I'd like a little bit of something, but I just want to make sure that when I do this, when I go back after it, it's there. Okay, that's my kind of investment. And he did. And the company went under. Came to me and said, it's all gone. Lost it. It, it, it had gotten up to about $12,000, you know. I was doing good. And it was all gone. 
Do you understand the investments can vanish like that? You say, well, I got retirement. It can go under like that. I got a retirement, folks, that can't go under. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. This fellow that, that I invested with is a friend of mine, and he came to me, and man, he was so apologetic. He said, there's just no way this could have happened, but it happened. And I looked at him, and I said, buddy, it's not your fault. Don't worry about it. Uh, and he said, no. He said, man, that's, that's your life saving. I said, no, it's not my life saving. It's somebody else's life savings that they gave to me. But he said, he said brother, he said, I, he said, I don't want you upset at me. And I said, I don't want to be upset at you either. So I went and walked and prayed, and I said, Lord, I don't want to be always wondering, can we get this money back? Because they were talking about this and that, and you, know, you may get part of it back. I said, Lord, I don't want to be upset at anybody. I don't want to worry about it. So here's the deal. If it ever comes back, I'm giving it to missions. So about oh, a few months later, and this has been about two and a half years, maybe three years, a few months later, I got a check in the mail for $7,200. And that day I wrote that check out for $7,200 to missions. And you say, well, that's crazy, man, to have that much money. Now listen, I invested in something that will always bring a dividend. And you say, well, what, then you need that money? No, I don't need for anything. God is taking care of everything we've ever needed. Houses can be repossessed. Jobs can be taken away. Possessions can be stolen or destroyed. The only guaranteed investment that will never be taken away and will always bring a return is investing in God's will, His way, His kingdom, His righteousness. Many in this life are truly always running but losing the race, as that song said. But not only about salvation, but life in this world. Submit to God. His word is true, and all that you need and seek that is of any real value and meaning is promised when we seek first. Not just seek, but seek first the kingdom of God. I, I hope you hear this. It's not just seek God. And, and again, this is the error even good Christians make. Well, we sort of seek God, but our priority is this. Our priority is what we can possess. Our priority is that bigger house. Our priority is that boat. Our priority is that motorcycle, our car. Our priority is all the things that we can have. And we say, well, yeah, but I had God into it. I still seek God. But God said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek God first. Seek him first. What is our priority in life? And that means, look, if God... Folks, if you're saved, the Holy Spirit of God is inside you. And if the Holy Spirit of God is inside you, then he will speak to you. He will convict you. He will direct you. He'll guide you. And I, by that I mean this. Look, folks, if, if we're headed in a direction, we need to get more in tune to the Holy Spirit when, when he says, don't go down that road, don't go there. When he says, don't buy that, then don't buy it. You say, well, how do I know it's the Holy Spirit? Look, if in question, just don't. I have a philosophy. If I have any doubt, don't. 
You don't need to spend that money. You don't need to go there. You don't need to have that. Look, I may be very slow to make decisions, but I'm telling you this. I want to know that God is involved. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And not just, you say, well, what in the world does that mean, the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God comes in your life when you do the will of God in your life. When you sincerely say, Lord, what do you want me to do? What is right and wrong? What is righteous and unrighteous? And notice what he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, which is the will of God and his righteousness. It's not just doing the will of God, it's doing the will of God righteously. We live in a world that says everything's okay. It's not all okay. And God tells us it's not all okay. There's just some things that we just need to eliminate and there's some things we need to add to. But God says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. This is a promise. And and look, I'm not upset at anybody. I'm trying to get across you. It's so important. If we would seek God and his righteousness, listen, it's a promise. And all these things shall be added unto you. All these things. When we left Indiana, I had for up until 2003 or four or five, somewhere in there, I don't even remember, the most I'd ever made was about $18,000 a year. I've been in the ministry, six kids. Joe Beth had stayed at home and taken care of those kids. And I made about $18,000 a year. When we drove away, from there, the home that God had given us, we sold for $270,000. Five bedrooms, 3,400 square feet, about an acre and a half of land in a wooded subdivision, and a little 500 square foot deck around the above ground swimming pool. Now, how do you buy that on $18,000? Let me help you. You don't. You say, how'd you get it? We stole it. <laughs> no. no, you don't. You just don't do it. Unless you seek ye first the kingdom of God. And when we left here in 1982, we walked away from a little four-bedroom house. We lived in a townhouse in Memphis, uh, but had a four-bedroom house out in Cairo. We walked away from all that. Ended up, honestly, losing just about everything that we had invested. We made $200 or something, $285 off the sale of the house. We lost about $12,000 in it because God said go to school. We left everything, immediately went to school. And we did without. And for the next four years, lived in a one-bedroom attic apartment for about two years and a one-bedroom downstairs apartment for about two years with two, three, four kids. And then God said after about four or five years, here's a house, our first house there. I said, Lord, there's no way that I can pay for that. I was making $10,600 a year with five children now. And there was a house. And watch this, Brother Allen. The bank 
let us move into it and live free for five months. And then after five months, they tried to start trying to figure out a way for us to buy it. They were telling, they even lowered our interest rate so we would qualify. That my down, part of my down payment that I give them, they used to pay off my van so that I would qualify. And I still didn't have enough that a 19-year-old boy walked into my office at the college and said, I heard you're buying a house. What's the down payment? I said, well, we need $2,300. He pulled out a checkbook and wrote a check for $2,300. That's how we got our first house. The second house, somebody wrote me a check for $12,000. Now look, I never made enough to have all those things God did. I never made enough to have all the things God blesses us with. But I'm telling you, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And that means every need you have, but watch this, God, when you're willing to be satisfied with what he provides, he will come along and say, let me show you some bonuses. And he will bless now, I'm not telling you it comes quick. A lot of the things that, that, that came a long time. We drove some broken down old vans. We, we drove anything that would run. But God just kept providing and providing and providing and providing that which we could not provide. Why? Our focus was on serving God. And you want to find peace? You can have peace. When you relax and quit worrying about everything else because it'll worry you to death trying to get everything you want and then trying to pay for everything you want. But when you seek God, it's amazing how not only will he provide your needs, but he will give you more than you ever dreamed of. And I'll say again, it doesn't come overnight. A faithful man shall abound with blessing. Watch this. To be faithful, you got to go a little while. You got to be willing to do it for life. And God looks and says, I'll take care of you. It's my promise. Now, Scripture says, Proverbs 10, 22, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. Listen to that. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. The difference in God's riches, he addeth no sorrow. He addeth no interest payment. He addeth no sorrow as it breaks before you paid it off. Every bargain, every lottery, every promise of prosperity the devil offers comes with sorrow, pain, and regret. Scripture says in Psalm 119, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and, and that seek him with a whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. And God said, that person, all these things shall be added unto you. I'm going to ask you, is this the Christ you trusted? It's what he said he would do. Do you believe this is the Christ you trusted? Is this the God you serve? A God who gives us peace and assurance of salvation in his promises, but also gives us peace and assurance in this life through his supply. 
if we will seek him. You say, well, God's not taking care of me. I'm going to ask you, is he first? Is he first? And so I'm not experienced anything you've ever, you're talking about. I'm just asking you, is God first? Is that who we're really seeking? Is he first? Because his word's true and his promise is true. And he said, if you seek him first, seek ye first the kingdom of God, his will, and his righteousness. All these things shall be added unto you. Another question is, if you don't know a God like that, would you like to? Would you like to know a Savior that will not only give you eternal life, but he'll give you life worth living? And that's what I'm to saved. And if you don't know for sure you're saved, he'll give you eternal life as a promise today. But watch this. He'll also give you a life worth living. But there's a, see, eternal life comes as a gift. A life worth living comes with requirement. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Let's all stand. His bow now is